TalkZone.com. Now, TalkZone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. And welcome everybody, TalkZone.com, two guys and a mic back at you after a big sports weekend. Thank you so much for joining us. Hope everybody out there had a great weekend sports and or otherwise plenty to talk about. They only give us 57 minutes and 22 seconds to do it. That's disappointing, but we will do our best. We're trying to get one more hour here by stay, uh, stay tuned. But right now it's a one hour show. Only Big Dog and a coach at your service. You want to join us, talk some sports some more, you can do it at 888-463-6748. Again, our phone number here, 888-463-6748. It's tax day. It's the start of Passover and the NBA playoffs have begun. It's a beautiful world. An interesting combination by you, by the way. Those three are rarely mentioned in the same uh, breadth of discussion. But you got uh, the beginning of Passover. You've got tax day due today. If you haven't, uh, actually, we got a little extension because normally it's April fifteenth. We get the weekend here into April eighteenth, so we're looking good there. And the start of the NBA playoffs over the weekend. Three activities that we'll talk about. An odd. Threesome, a couple of good, one not so good, but uh, we'll bring those up amongst the discussion. Again, our phone number here, 888 here in Chicago. Uh, if it was not for a late Chicago Bulls comeback, and I mean a blistering comeback, what, four minutes left? Bulls down 10, they were chasing the entire game. I didn't get to watch until the last four minutes, by the way. Thank you, Bulls. Or actually, the Bulls should be thanking me. As soon as I tuned in, they started to turn it around. I was getting score updates. I was at a function, not able to watch the game. You know, what's the score? Bulls down six. Really? You know, what part of the game? Only mid-first quarter. No problem. You know, big deal. Down six first quarter. And about a half an hour later, hey, what score? You know, Bulls down ten. Huh? You know, mid-second quarter. Eh, don't worry about it. Mid-second quarter, down ten, not a problem. And this is after hearing all the experts and the people talking Leading up to the Bulls Indiana series that, you know, probably, you know, five games at best. Bulls should sweep Indiana, but we'll let Indiana get a game in. You know, they'll probably find a way to win a game. Five games, probably a sweep, but we'll let it go five games. And maybe there was too much of that talk that seeded in. Maybe some of the Indiana Pacers started to hear some of that discussion and, uh, added to their rather spirited and rather physical play, but Indiana dominated the game. Again, I didn't get to see it until. The last four minutes, to start, as soon as I started tuning in, the Bulls started turning around. Thank you very much. But a 17-1 to run at the end of the game. Wow. And we did come up with a station uh, regulation last week, Dave, because I got to, I started to go too many wows. I think we decided on, I'm only allowed five wows per show. So certainly that 17-1 to comeback at the end of it. But as I welcome in my good partner, the big dog, Joel Radwanski, checking in via the telecommunic fa- uh, phone lines out in Aurora, Illinois. The point I was trying to make, Joel, was that that last four minutes for the Bulls averted what could have been a disastrous sports weekend. Hawks lose two. Cubs lose two out of three. White Sox get swept. 
you get the Bulls losing to Indiana, if they don't have that last four minutes, it would be one of the... That's not going to carry it away, but it would be a pretty dark moment in Chicago sports weekend history, huh? How are you, well, buddy? Uh, doing pretty well, especially considering that the, the Stanley Cup champs are, are about to yep. hand the cup over to somebody, and, and they're going to do it in the first round of the playoffs. Ouch. Yeah, it, it, it would have been ugly. But I would not have panicked. It might have created panic because the weekend was so bad for everybody else. Mm-hmm. But it's an, the Bulls are playing an NBA team. This is the playoffs. It's not going to be easy. So all the people out there that are, are, are upset that the Bulls didn't dominate game one, mm-hmm. it's from losing game one. Let, let, let's find out how many of the 16 games that they need to win an NBA championship they win before we start throwing them under the bus and, <laughs> yep. and, and worrying about if they're, if they're mm-hmm. going to lose. And, and you know, a man of your, uh, man of your ilk, Joe Wadwanski, you know that uh, over the court, if you're going to make a long run, you need to win games like you got to steal a couple of games along the way. I know you, you know that from experience. Oh, oh, absolutely, absolutely. So, what happens when the next time they play the Pacers, they control the game the whole from start to finish? Does that mean oh that they're going to sweep now? Everything's fine. That doesn't that won't mean anything when Game Three starts. Mm-hmm. And Game Three could be another battle like we're having right here when they go to Conseco Fieldhouse. Yeah, Field eight. Oh, game three. Okay, game two, eight thirty tonight. I think game three. They spread these babies out. I think the Indiana game is a home game is at Thursday. So what, Thursday this week or next week? No. <laughs> they don't spread it out quite that much, but you okay. never know. We we might we might be hitting that. But by the yeah. way, the biggest shocker to me over the weekend. I almost had the big one, big dog. You were almost doing the show solo today. I'm watching again. I didn't get to see much of the game, but I'm watching the game. I'm looking at this big 6'10 white dude running down the court. Who the heck is that? And then someone I'm watching with said, I think that's Jeff Foster. And I'm like, are you yeah. kidding me? Yeah, when I saw Jeff him, you have, no idea. Well, you have no idea. Like, I, he was around. Him and Charles Oakley had this huge rivalry, didn't they? Yes. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't believe Are you kidding me? Jeff Foster is still in the NBA and he's playing? It's unbelievable. I, I right when I saw him, I was ready to throw up. There's nothing yeah. good I can say about Jeff Foster besides the fact that he's old. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's that's really all. Well, the only other thing I'd say is whoever did his facial work did a much better job than uh, who's the lady that does the academy? Uh, Joan Rivers. I would this take is, Jeff Foster's uh, makeup person, facial person over Joan Rivers. This is true, but he he, he it does have the receding hairline, so yes. that goofy hair looks even goofier. Yes. You know, it, the only way I can describe <laughs> him was, and, and I said it right when I was like, Jeff Foster's on the Pacers, was yeah. uh, he's just the biggest pimple on your butt in the NBA. <laughs> well, I mean, I've known that for many years. I just thought he had, you know, come and gone. I thought he had disappeared. I was shocked, you know, to see that he's still playing in the NBA. But there he was, yeah. right, right there for you. Yeah, every team needs to have one. Okay, so what are your skills? Do you dribble well? No. Can you shoot? Well, if I'm totally wide open from four feet, okay. <laughs> uh, so can you rebound? No. Yeah. Can you defend? No. What can you do? I can just drive people nuts for mm-hmm. 48 minutes, yeah. especially the guys on the bench with me. <laughs> Speaking of driving people nuts, some of the NBA experts, and particularly the Chicago local people, and some of the callers to some of the sports talk show have been driving me nuts. And here's the comment that, that's driving me nuts. Well, hey, if the Bulls are going to do something in the playoffs, other guys have to step up. Carlos Boozer's got to step up as offensive guy. Other guys got to step Well, it's hard to step up. When Derrick Rose has the ball in his hands 19 seconds out of the 24-second shot clock, I think I... I'm going to feel pretty safe here, Big Dog, speaking on behalf of Carlos Boozer, his family, and his uh, many girlfriends. I'm sorry. And his lovely wife. 
Okay, and say that, hey, I'll be happy to step up, get me the damn ball, and do it when I've got more than four seconds to do something. Thank you very much. I'm not, uh, I, I'm not even worried about what people are talking about on the radio, complaining that other guys aren't scoring, or that Derek Rose, or if you're saying that Derek Rose is, is handling the ball yes, too much. Yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. And I know it's a semi-ridiculous statement to make after he scores 39 points, and I love watching the kid play. He's an unbelievable talent, but... I'm telling you, he dominates the ball too much. And, that, and if he starts getting in that mode in the playoffs, trust me, the Bulls will not advance as far as they want to. No, 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 you're, you're, you're right. It, it, they should stick to the style of basketball that they've played all season long. There's, there's no, I, I mean, just crank up the intensity on it because it's the playoffs. And I, I don't know if Thibodeau can actually do that, but I, there's no reason to get away from uh, quick ball movement and finding the open guy early. And, and when the ball is passed to you and you do not have an immediate shot, you don't have to automatically look for Derrick Rose and pass it back to him. You've got three other teammates that you can pass to as well. It seems like they got in that mode a lot. Nothing's available for me. Right back to Derrick. And, and Derrick Rose will pound it. You know, three, four. Rarely. You watch how many times the ball is reversed to Derrick Rose, Big Dog. Pay attention tonight. 8.30, when the ball is passed back to Rose, you tell me how many times he makes a quick pass to another teammate, and, and the number will be easily counted on one hand. Trust me. Okay. I, will. Oh, I mean, I, 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 you're right. I know it's not going to be a lot. I, I've watched enough Bulls games to realize that mm-hmm. he's not going to just immediately give the ball, like, yep. you know, have the ball flow around. Yep. It's not gonna, that's not going to happen. Okay. Well, happy I'm, endings. I'm not worried about it. I'm worried about a W, Coach. Yeah, I hear you. That's why I said happy endings, 104.99. Great run at the stretch. Hopefully you had some happy endings over the weekend, Big Dog. We started off the show today, tax day today, and I want to send a uh, happy Passover to the Jewish brethren and your uh, clientele. I will not pass over the, 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 the happy Passover, Coach. Okay. By the way, we're kind of at the, or not the mid, we're at the tail end of Lent. I haven't checked in with you on this beautiful Passover Monday, but how is your, uh, how's your Lent going? Everything okay? It's, it's going absolutely phenomenal. I'm sticking to, to what I said I was going to do, the thing I was going to give up. <laughs> sticking and, to it. And for those new listeners who have jumped on board in the last four weeks since the scintillating start of Lent and the scintillating start of your, uh, tell the fans exactly what you gave up. I gave up giving things up for Lent this year, and it's been it's been working for me, Coach. It's been a good Lent. It's a little easier than I thought. So, <laughs> so you gave up giving up things. Yes. It's a tremendous sacrifice. <laughs> did you have to consult with a pastor, a loved one, or did you come up with that on your own? Uh, no, I did come up with it on my own. Uh, but when I when I when I told uh, Father Fields you up. He was he thought it was a phenomenal idea, and he said that we'll probably be more practicing Catholics <laughs> if they actually gave up giving things up for Lent. <laughs> more people should try that. I guarantee the success rate over the six weeks of giving up something would probably probably be a higher percentage. The, the Catholic Church really needs to start market itself, marketing itself a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you see that they are doing television commercials, mm-hmm. you know, but maybe just a little bit easier of a religion. Not so much kneeling, not so much self abuse, a little bit more self love, you know, a little bit more like that. They market uh-huh. it that way. They, you know, they might, the coppers <laughs> might start to change to change. Interesting. I, I, I'm not necessarily aware of some of the uh, advertisements. So there's a marketing campaign for the Catholic Church, or is each individual priest sort of like a real estate agent trying to get their own following? And I'm sure David knows the slogan, but I'm not exactly sure what it goes something like this Come on back. You're always welcome. <laughs> 
<laughs> you or, know or what? Like, I think I have seen that. Okay, or okay. or something like uh, you know, <laughs> been been flogging non-believers since uh, like. <laughs> Take it 42 easy. or something like that. Take it, but it hasn't gotten to the point where like individual, uh, you know, like a real estate agents or uh, financial people can come on and do, you know, hi, hi, our Archbishop Timothy O'Brien here. We'd like you to join our flock here on the south side of Chicago. You could do that by dialing one eight hundred. That's not allowed in the Catholic Church, yeah, yeah, is yeah, it? Like, uh, like, uh, like we have a reputation for being extremely strict and uh, making your lifestyle boring, mm-hmm. not being able to do stuff. Remember, you can have as many children as you want. Oh, he go on, he, they can go on and on, Coach. I, I actually, I could see it happening. I, you know, the guy can take the big hat off and put it down, and try to act like he's getting serious in the middle of a commercial. And, and right on the right on the hat would be a subtle whatever it is dot com. Yeah, they could be. yeah, like we realize we've been we've been really tough on people. Yep. You know, so, yep. so instead of really focusing on making people's lives better, uh-huh. they need to focus just on yeah. how much easier it is to be a Catholic now than back in the day. Looking for some new inspiration? Looking for a new church? Try us here at Our Lady of Ransom. Yeah, I think there are all kinds of possibilities. I'm sure TV would be happy to accept their uh, vast amount of money. You have to hit d- different demographics, though. You have to, you know what I'm saying? Like, because you really want to get them when they're young. So you got to come mm-hmm. up with some type of Catholic app, you know, for like the 10 to 13 yep. year olds on their phone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, so that way they you know they can be praying all day. You know, and, mm-hmm. and, and seriously, I'm sure the Catholic Church has some type of app. So, you, so you actually just okay. give money to them without actually going to church. Would the individual priests go after the uh, always important male 25 to 55 age group? You think that would be equally as important? Oh, they would be surging towards them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh goodness! And, I, and now it is Passover starting today. At least I think I obviously should know, but I'm actually not sure. But I think so. Day one of Passover, Big Dog, and your, uh, I know your family tree, we've discussed it many a time over the eight years. The roots run deep. Any chance some of those roots have angled off into the Jewish brethren? You got a little bit of, little bit of blood from the family in you? Yeah, coach, uh, believe it or not, they're part of the, <laughs> part of the tribe has uh, co-mingled with uh, <laughs> Millers and, and Redwanskis and, and O'Hara's really? and All Rosenblatt. Right. All yeah. right. That's yeah. all. That's all I'm asking for. A little, little bit of blood. Hey, good coach. I gotta tell you, there's there's a little Hindu. Uh, there's all types. There's all types of Buddhist coach. Uh-huh. Big, big in the Buddhist. We uh-huh. have not yet commingled with uh, with people of the Muslim uh, faith, but uh-huh. you know we're open to it. All right. Well, okay. Just, I, uh... I don't like you know praying five times a day and you know like cleaning yourself up uh-huh. all the time. It's not bad. Okay. Not bad. Right. Pretty good. Yeah. By the way, if anybody wants to uh, increase the heritage of their bloodstream, I would highly recommend introducing a sister to Bull Center Joakim Noah. That probably would take care of four or five right there. That's, uh, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> Inappropriate. Bad coach. Bad. All right. Well, there's nothing wrong with that. Actually, I okay, this might sound crazy, but Uh-oh. I kind of want to meet a girl that is like, uh, like one sixteenth of sixteen different cultures. It'd mm-hmm. be cool. B- believe it or not, I really do. Like, that yeah. would be extremely attractive to me. Right. Well, let me throw it out there. Our email, if you are uh, of sixteen different heritages and uh, preferably of the female variety, but if you're a male, you know it's it's not out of the question. But I think I can speak for the big dog. We prefer the female. And you got sixteen, uh, one sixteenth of sixteen different. For me, all the time coaching, and on this particular subject, definitely. Yeah, well, but but in order to you know make the offspring blood, we need some conception here. So there are some difficulties. 
And my girlfriend isn't going to be very happy, too, about the conception part either. Yeah, she'll deal with it. You know what? If, if there's true love, she'll be able to deal with it. You think so? <laughs> no. Okay. Okay. Oh, then, yeah. Goodness. All right. I like being able to walk straight for a while. <laughs> and <laughs> moving right along. Hey, blue 43, red, split left, split left. How about that NFL draft coming up, huh? Yeah, um, I'm pretty excited about it. Yeah, Actually, uh, a guy that was talked about being the number one overall player taken in last year's draft. Is that North? We're talking might slip down to number 29 and, the, and be available for the Bears. You're not talking about Northwestern Sammy Stewart, are you? No, 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 no well, not him. Sydney Stewart, Stewart, I'm sorry, Sydney. Uh, I'm talking about uh, a kid by the name of, have you seen, uh, was it something Austin? I almost said Miles Austin, Marvin Austin. I have not. The, the defensive tackle from North Carolina, he didn't play this year because he got involved in the whole uh, uh, college kid football players for hire scandal. Okay. I don't think that's what they called it, but. So he got involved with the agent, so they took they took away his whole season. Now mm-hmm. the kid, some other guys giving him money, messing messing with this kid, and bringing him to parties, and he ends up losing his senior season, and he didn't have time to, to play. Well, anyways, they're saying he might fall all the way down to number twenty nine, and Why? the Bears might get him. Why would he fall? Because he hasn't played football in a year. Okay. And there's sure. been so, so, so many there's so many defensive linemen right now mm-hmm. that are coming out this year that are incredible. So it's a safer bet to go with the guy that you know played football, you know, nine months earlier, mm-hmm. and instead of the guy that played football twenty-one months earlier. Who's the three hundred and twenty-pound freak who's got feet like a ballet dancer from Auburn or Alabama? The defensive lineman. Well, Nick Fairley. Yeah, that's the guy. Is Nick Fairley? But also, also, the, <laughs> there's all there's so many good uh, defensive linemen in this draft. Coach Corey Legit of Illinois. Yep. Is really really good, coach. And uh, a team, if he falls to the second round, a team's going to get a first round talent in the second round. That kid dominated at Illinois this year. And that, when Illinois now they've lost uh, Lashore and Legit, mm-hmm. I, I'm worried, coach, about next season because those were by far their two best football players. Uh, so I'm a little worried about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm trying to think. I can't. Why can't I think of the name of the kid from Alabama that can play defensive tackle and defensive end? And to be honest with you, Coach, he's better than Nick Fairley. It's uh, he wears number 57. He's the kid that recovered the fumble in the national championship game against uh, yeah. against Texas. Returned it for Darius. I'll think of it. But yeah, he's I, I been remember talking the, him being the number one overall player taken, coach. I remember the guy you're talking about. Now I do. Re- I can't pick out the name, and I don't think I'd even uh, seen the kid play until that particular particular game. But yeah, he was pretty uh, freakishly athletic. As oh, I was kidding about the NFL draft, and Big Dog popped on. You are you are pumped up for that, baby. You got your picks done. You're all. Uh, what, what is it? This weekend, the NFL no, draft? No, no, it's the last weekend in. It's always the last weekend in April. Ah, but it, it just. You know, when it comes to the draft, I'm always trying to find some 295-pound kid that can run like the wind for at least 15 yards. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's what I look for, Coach, because as a Bears fan, you get one of those guys in front of Brian Urlacher, and your team is your defense is, your defense is great. That's all you need. Just put, a, put well. a half a ton of ass in front of Brian Urlacher and let him fly around. <laughs> And uh, I'm, I'm being legit about that, Coach. A that's half a, need, a half a ton of ass. That's what we need. Urlacher. We need a half a ton of ass in front of Brian Urlacher. We'll be just fine next year. 
Buddy, Buddy Ryan came back. Ladies and gentlemen, Buddy Ryan joining us here on the Two Guys in a Mic Show. Buddy, how are you? Well, we got to protect that that Mike Backer coach <laughs> with three fat guys, all all 333 pounds right in front of Brian Urlacher. Uh, I can see Brian Urlacher when he makes the Hall of Fame in his Hall of Fame speech. And I'd like to thank the half a ton of ass that played in front of me and took all the hits. <laughs> Let's bring him up right now. Come on, half a ton. There you go. Turn around. Show the fans your big butts. All right. Thank There's you Ted much. Washington at Q's trailer. Yep. I'd like to thank you posthumously. Yep. <laughs> po- posthumously? <laughs> 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 If I'd have read it, I would have said it like that. Yeah. The first time that uh, you know they had the double funeral and they had uh, eighteen pallbearers yeah. for each casket. Yeah. I mean, those guys. Have you seen oh, Ted Washington lately, Coach? I bet you does weigh seven hundred pounds. Wow. I don't think he can move. He looks like Jabba the Hutt. As soon as his football career was over with, yeah. I don't even think he's seen his arms. To be honest with you, I don't think they'll be fun, be able. To, I hope he lives a long and prosperous life. I truly do. Ted Washington was a nice guy, but uh, no, he when he does, pa- <laughs> hey, he was a cool guy. When he does pass away, though, they're going to have a tough time finding pallbearers for that. You know, anybody asked, I'm sure. Well, hey, you know, thanks, but uh, I'd love to, but my left deltoid is hurting me. Can I sign a waiver just in case of hernia? <laughs> By the you way, speaking of left del- left deltoids, if I could hook you back into uh, the NBA playoffs a little bit, there was a particular picture in the paper. Of Derrick Rose going up for a shot, it showed his left arm, big dog, and the deltoid muscle. The deltoid muscle was sticking out like just un—it was almost like deformed. But the guy's definition, it was—it was just a. I'm sure part of it was the picture, and part of it is he's got one of the most impressive deltoids I've ever seen. Coach, he's got one of the most impressive bodies. See, it was something that I think we kind of miss out on is, you know, speed from a, a, a little small guy. Isn't isn't so impressive. It's kind of like, hey, look, it's a cute little guy that can just fly around. And oh, Derrick Rose is a cute little guy that can just fly around the court. Derrick Rose is six three. Serious? You know what I mean? If he was on the court with normal sized human beings that were five foot ten and playing basketball, he would look like a bullet, and it would be totally odd because the biggest guy in the court would be one of the fastest people you've ever seen in your life. So uh, you know, that's I think we kind of lose track of that because. You know, Derrick Rose compared to six foot eight to seven foot one mm-hmm. forwards and centers looks, you know, he looks small, but he isn't. He's a big, big guy, coach, a really big guy, mm-hmm. strong, and, and that brings up. It, it appeared pretty clear, and the NBA experts kind of jumped on it very quickly that the Indiana strategy, big dog, was not just to foul Derrick Rose because he's a pretty good free throw shooter, but if you're going to foul him. It looked like their coach said, uh, you know, foul him hard. Give this guy a beating. I don't know how you felt about the officiating. Again, I didn't watch most of the game. There's been a lot of controversy about it. But your thoughts on that particular philosophy, how Rose handled it, and how the officials dealt with it as well. I thought it was very consistent, but a flagrant is coming if Indiana keeps on pushing the envelope, is, is okay. all I'm saying about it. Jeff, that's coming, coach. Mm-hmm. And somebody... Uh, a certain amount of points that will be start becoming it's going to happen soon because uh, you know they're letting them get away with a lot of stuff in terms of regular fouls that would be definitely fouls in the regular season, but you can't let somebody get hurt. And that goes back to your point, coach. Of I really other players give the ball up every once in a while. There, don't just put the target on your back for forty eight minutes. You know what I mean? The and it, I love the fact that you can take over, mm-hmm. but uh, I. One of your fears is them just getting beat to death. You know what I mean, Coach? You brought it up about how 
carelessly, he treats his body. He will dive in there yeah. at any point. So, you know, when you're in a series like this, when you have a target on your chest, and the, the Pacers are out to hurt this kid, let's let's just face it, they were playing cheap. Not as cheap as the elbow to Seabiscuit's face last night in the Vancouver uh, Blackhawk game, but they're following him hard, Coach. So I, and I really don't want the kid to take this much abuse. Can he take four series of this? Yeah. I was going to the ground on the basketball court. It's 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 a it's not a sprint. If if you go the distance, it is a, a marathon. And we're talking we're talking all this after only one game. And as strong as Derrick Rose is, nobody can take that kind of beating over the long term. So we will see. I know Lou Aldang tried to protect him. They might have to bring in now my guy Omar Ashik might have to come in and play my bodyguard for a little bit, Big Dog. No, 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 no. Come on, Thomas. Huh? Kurt. Thomas, coach. Oh, yeah, that's true. Old grandpappy will be the one that walks out there real slowly and drops an elbow on somebody. <laughs> very subtly, very slowly. Not a lot of drama about it. Just crank Walk it up. Walk on over. Cock it up like a gun and then boom. Yeah, okay. The guy won't even be suspecting it. Next thing you know, he's got a... He's got a lump the size of East Chicago on his head. I do like, by the way, what, what uh, head coach Tom Thibodeau said, and I plan uh coach a little travel basketball team next time the boys gather together. Big Dog, it will be my life lesson that I give them, but I like this. Where he poo-pooed the Lou Aldang protect Derrick Rose stuff and, uh, you know, picking up the tech. No, we don't want the technical, he said. That was a hard fall. we got to expect those kind of fouls. And they, that's not the kind of toughness we're looking for, Tom Thibodeau said. Play play hard defense each and every possession. You get your butt to practice at 7 o'clock or get your butt in the weight room at 7 o'clock in the morning, four days a week when you're supposed to. You pay attention at every little scouting report and pick up the details, that mental concentration. You play as hard as you can. That's real toughness. Not getting in a fight. But real toughness is is stuff like that. I thought that was an excellent message, one that I will be passing on. Yeah, yeah, that's that's I like that, Coach. Yeah. Well, it's we, not we, me. It's Tom Thibodeau. Yeah, I know. I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad he's our basketball coach. Is all yeah. I'm saying. I'm yeah. really, really happy that Tom Thibodeau is the Bulls coach. Mm-hmm. So they got themselves a good one right now. So, I like producer David Olson over here. Uh, you know, quiet, strong on the other side of the glass, putting up with us, big dumb, on a regular basis, an hour a day, five days a week. He could complain. He could one out. He could out for another job. But to put up with that pain. And it's got to be a slow, painful process. That's true toughness right there on the part of our producer. Right? Yeah, I'm going to have to say yes. You don't have to say. He can come over here after one of our shows. You give me a forearm elbow and knock me into one of the four corners in our lovely studio here after an upsetting performance. And be, oh, that's tough. A lot of producers showing some strength. But real strength is in the restraint. Real strength is in the consistent performance. All right, what the hell am I talking could about? Break, he could break you in half, by the way, Coach. I don't think so. David Olsen would. I mean, I, I'm taking him yeah. if you do get in the fight. We're, we're much, much closer to the meridian line than you would think. David Olsen, I think, uh, not nearly as tough as he looks. And Big Dog, don't kid yourself. Even with my uh, six foot two inch, 198-pound, somewhat slender frame, I can still take on some people. Undefeated in PE wrestling class back in high school, by the way. <laughs> Nine and zero record. In oh, PE. you were at an all-girls school, coach. <laughs> Take it easy. That would be even tougher in wrestling. That'd <laughs> be even more impressive. Tight. Are you kidding me? Can I get some shorts? Can somebody give me some puffy shorts yeah. over here? By the way, speaking of wrestling, just as a sideline, I'm watching ESPN here. You know how at the end of their top highlight of the day, they put the day's top highlight against the previous champion. Yeah. And, you know, the one-legged wrestler who won the national championship, 
Great story, tremendous performance. He's been up there now for over a month. It's time for somebody to replace it. I mean, it's a great it story. Been, it hasn't been over a month. Anthony Robles, it's, it's, it's a little less than that, Coach. I don't think it's been a it's month. It's darn close. I don't think he has passed the record, which was, which was Wayne Rooney's highlight yet. He's pretty close to it, though. Mm-hmm. It's getting there. It's getting there. Okay. And, you know, I've noticed that they're, tr- they're never going to put, like, a moment on there ever again. Because this is a pretty new concept that ESPN was doing. Mm-hmm. So it, 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 that's a feel-good, a feel-great moment, a, a, yeah. a great lesson. It's all that stuff. But, you know, it's not a great play. Right. I've noticed that whatever they put on number one up against it ever since is only, like, phenomenal play. Mm-hmm. So uh, I don't think ESPN will ever do that that again. Okay. You know what I mean? All right. Let me throw out some plays that happened that could have been highlights over the weekend, maybe to challenge that, maybe to be a top ESPN play, and then we'll we'll uh, meander into the baseball news as well. One hour show, very tough to get into everything. We'll do the best we can here. Big dog and a coach, you want to help us out? We always appreciate the help. You can do it by dialing it in, talk some sports and more. Eight 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 four six three six seven four eight. If you're uh, last minute trying to figure out how to finish off your taxes, me and the big dog, we uh, on occasion. We'll play tax expert. You need some help on your taxes, the final filing day. Give us a call. We will walk you through it. We'll talk you through it. I think I can speak on behalf of the big dog for that. Triple eight four six three sixty seven forty eight. How about a highlight for the weekend big dog of Dale Earnhardt Jr. Giving the little bump, the little push to Jimmy Johnson on the squeeze through as he beats Clint Boyer in a phenomenal NASCAR race by point oh oh two seconds, the closest finish in the history of a sport that you admire. Yeah, uh, at Talladega, which is the coolest racetrack that they have. I know everybody loves Daytona, but Talladega, I don't know, that's, that's, that's where it's at. But of course, you know, I, I wouldn't go by myself, coach, if I were you, <laughs> ever to Talladega, ever. Okay. So, or don't take the family or the kids. Uh, but, you know, Chevy had a really rough start to the, the beginning of this season. I think the top eight cars were Chevy in this, in this race. There's five brands of car, coach. That's, that doesn't happen very often. Mm-hmm. So and what a finish it was! And if it wasn't for Dale Earnhardt, Jimmy Johnson, you you said yeah. how they he gave him the push. You're exactly right. Dale Earnhardt basically handed Jimmy Johnson yep. a win. His teammate. And, and and Dale Earnhardt hasn't had a win since like what 2008, uh-huh. possibly two. That's over a hundred races now. Yeah. So and it was just a little peck on the cheek, just a little kiss, which is you know when you're going 189 miles an hour, that's about all you can do. But and Johnson, there was like five cars. It would look like it looked like he was being surrounded by, uh, you know, looked like Muhammad Gaddafi with his security guards. But they were all enemy people following, trying to get by him. And, and he got the little push to beat Clint Boyer. It's still on, big dog. And I don't want to spend too much time on NASCAR. I think I can speak for most of the uh, semi-interested fans like myself. It's odd that it has become somewhat more and more of a team sport where one yeah. racer will sacrifice to to help a teammate. Yeah, and definitely in Talladega because those—that's a pairing type uh, race, kind of like Daytona, where you get two cars have to push each other all the race long. Push, and they have to keep on going back and forth, who's in front and who's in back, so mm-hmm. one car doesn't overheat and the other car work too much. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so it's, it's uh, who, who? How do you determine which guy's going to be in front on the last lap? You know, that's, yeah, well, you know and what I, it's, mean? It, 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 I just find it fascinating from a mental perspective because it's an individual sport, and you want to win, but now you have to sacrifice yourself to help a teammate. And there are no are there team standings. 
No, no, there's no team standing. Okay. There's only individual. Mm-hmm. Only individual. So, uh, yeah. uh, it, that'd be kind of interesting. Well, you know what, though? You can't have team standings because you'd have some teams with six cars, Hendricks, you mm-hmm. know, and other teams with one car. So you really would never, they'll never be like team standings as mm-hmm. part of it. But right. when you're the owner of that team, you can care less which one of your cars win. I guess it's set like near the end if it's going to determine the championship, then obviously. Mm-hmm. You'd want the, the the car with the best chance of winning the championship to win. But how about for another ESPN highlight of the week? I don't know if you saw it or not. The stretch run at Bluegrass, the lead up to the uh, Kentucky Derby, the hundred and thirty seventh running ho oh, of uh, the Kentucky Derby, May seventh. The countdown hath begun, big dog. I'm getting excited. I think I'm the only one horse racing a dying sport in the country. But brilliant speed. How's that the name? How's that for a name for a horse? Good, and that's a good name. Brilliant, brilliant speed down the stretch, barely beating Twin Spire to win the Bluegrass. A phenomenal finish. And, Big Dog, I know uh, once tax day ends, you'll start looking forward to the Kentucky Derby. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know. I had something really bad happen at Kentucky Derby. What? And, I, and ever since then, I've not, I've had like a disdain for the Kentucky Derby. I didn't want to think about oh, that okay. right I thought you said you hoped something bad happened. You said you, you had something bad? Oh yeah, I don't hope anything bad happens. Okay. What do you have a bad like, mint julep? I want to hope something bad. Like yeah, it was a horrible mint julep, and that's exactly what happened, Coach. <laughs> you hit it right on the nail, right on the head. No, no. Far too many bad uh, mint juleps. Okay. And if I was going to wish something bad to happen at Kentucky Derby, I guess like, all I'd want bad is like to have some prim and proper lady like accidentally step in horse dung or something like that. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't want anything evil, you know, just uh-huh. something, uh, you know, a little. All right. Just as, as a sidelight, by the way, the Arkansas Derby was won by Archichurch. Thank you very much. I like saying that. Archichurch. Uh, real quick before we get to baseball, other NBA news. We talked here in Chicago about our Bulls beating the Pacers 17-1 to finish it out, uh, coming back to win 104-99. How about some of the other games, Big Doe? Last night, yesterday, Lakers getting knocked off by the Charlotte, don't call, or no, New Orleans. Don't call me the Charlotte Hornets. Chris Paul with company knocking off the Lakers. This is the beginning of the end for the champions. Wow. Wow, just like I was saying, we shouldn't overreact over the, over the, the Bulls having a tough game and make, having to make a great comeback over the last four minutes. Let's not go too crazy. But Los Angeles and the Bulls are in two totally different realms right now. The, the Los Angeles Lakers are playing more like the Chicago Blackhawks than mm-hmm. the Chicago Bulls. Yep. So, the, 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 I mean, the Lakers backed into the playoffs. They were losing all kinds of games. How many in a row was it, Coach? Seven? That the Lakers lost in a row? Yeah, near the end of the season. Yeah, I'm not sure if it was that bad, but uh, no, they, they... It was, Coach. It was either seven or more. Yeah. Not, so it's they, they did not end the season on any type of of uh, run whatsoever. So yeah, you do have to be... The, the Lakers better be worried over there. They better get, yeah. They've already lost home court advantage after game one. Yeah, you don't want to read too much into game one, but an early theme, Big Dog, looks like uh, you know the old guard might be on its way out. You know, it might be time for a little bit of change, and hopefully the Chicago Bulls certainly one of those new teams marching in. But, you know, Memphis Grizzlies knock off the San Antonio Spurs. So a couple wow, of old okay. guard teams, Lakers and Spurs, both go down again. It's only the first game of the playoffs. You don't want to read too much into it, but a possible developing storyline. And that was the one. I told you Memphis is good, Coach. Yes. You know, that's that's you're not worried like, oh, the San Antonio is bad. You know, they're not that good as the number one seed. No, that's not the story. The number eight seed is good in Memphis. Mm-hmm. So 
the West has a lot of similar teams. One through eight, there isn't that big of a difference. You know, where in the East, it's basically like, you know, one through three is where the power is, and then like five through eight or so, oh, four through eight are solid NBA teams. Another uh, new guard team on the way up, Oklahoma City. We talked about Oak City and Denver maybe being the most entertaining of the first round series with great storylines there too. Oklahoma City won barely in game one. Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook. Now you're the Denver Nuggets. This shows you how good these two guys are. I think the best young twosome we've seen together in a long time in the NBA. I love these two guys. But big dog, you know George Carl's a defensive coach. And you know the Denver Nuggets had what, three, four days to prepare? And, and more than that, because they probably figured out who they were playing a while ago. So you got two weeks of scouting reports with some of the best minds in basketball put together to stop these guys. Boom! Right off the bat in game one, the two guys you spent two weeks preparing to stop score 41. That's Kevin Durant. 31. That's Russell Westbrook. Those two dudes can play. Yeah, it, they absolutely can coach and they do it unselfishly. They do, they're fun to watch because they're, they're good guys. I mean, I still got to strength, but yeah. and Russell Westbrook. Is in the same ballpark in terms of athleticism that Derrick Rose is. Yes. You know, he's almost, when you go with this, he's, and I love watching Rajat Rondo play, who, you know, has had a few ups and downs this year. He's halfway between Rose and Rondo, and I'm not just talking about talent, playing style-wise. He's got a little bit of the Derrick Rose, a little bit of the Rajat Rondo, and then he's got his own style too, but he's kind of in that area between those two guys. Are you trying to say like lunch bucket, uh, bucket mentality and, and uh, Rondo? Not sure what the hell I'm trying to say, but it, well, I, I do know he's an unbelievable player. And Durant plays with a little bit of charisma, a little bit of flair. Russell Westbrook has that great, not only a great player, but he has great flair to his game. Oh, absolutely. The flair is there when yeah. you're talking about him, Coach. Yeah. Rose, Derek, they're both spectacular. Derek Rose does it uh, with more power. That's what's so impressive about Derek Rose. I don't think we've ever seen a player in the NBA with his quickness combined with the power. That's what it's, that's what scares you with Rose. It's the acceleration, Rose. Coach. Huh? It's the acceleration. Okay. I mean, when Derrick Rose, that first step, it's just he blows everybody away on the court with one step. It's, mm-hmm. it's truly amazing. It's like Devin Hester-style punt return mm-hmm. is what it reminds me of, Coach. Yeah, it, it is, but also and I would add to it though when he go when he when he changes from the horizontal move to the vertical move, that's where you see that strength, where he can hang in the air, he can take punishment. So it's it's explosive acceleration, but still the strength and power. That's a rare combination. We see Westbrook. Westbrook doesn't have that kind of strength, but I think Westbrook might even be more. I don't know if I want to say athletic, but. Uh, yeah, maybe, he definitely maybe. doesn't have Derrick Rose's first step. No. Because nobody in the history of the game of basketball, I think he's got a better first step than Allen Iverson, Coach. I think the only one who's had a first step like uh, Derrick Rose might have been Secretariat out of the gates. Now, the coach the other day compared Derrick Rose. He said he was <laughs> Allen Iverson's speed, Yep. Chauncey Billups, uh, what do you say, like mid-range game, uh-huh. Jason Kidd's vision. Yikes. I mean, it was a, it was a coach of um, of Indiana. Basically, it looked like he was just just all he did was just kept lauding Derrick Rose. He just kept saying stuff. It was, it was unbelievable. It was like, have you given up? It was a little weird, coach. <laughs> I like guy. I like what Danny Granger said. The uh, Indiana rather uh, uh, provocative forward, outspoken forward. He goes, Derrick Rose is like the uh, the crazed girlfriend that that 
that won't stop bugging you or won't stop stalking you. People keep asking questions about it. It keeps coming. You try to defend him. He keeps coming at you. Just he will not go away. And uh, you know, again, we're only one game into the series, Big Dog. The storylines have just begun. Well, you know, you're exactly right. And you don't know if you're truly loved by somebody until they stalk you. That's true. So we'll we'll find out. Yeah, I know you don't like. I think it was my other radio partner who used to say, you know, you you haven't arrived in sports talk or in radio until you've got your own stalker. And he had one. He got one. At least a couple. Yeah. At least a couple. All right, eight 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 four six three six seven four eight. It's a long road these NBA playoffs, folks. But we'll be walking, jogging, sometimes sprinting down that road along with you anytime you want to talk about the NBA playoffs. Big dog and a coach right here for you. You can always dial it up between 10 to 11, five days a week, one hour a day, five. And Toto, triple eight four six three sixty seven forty eight. Uh, Knicks beat the Celtics. I'm sorry, the Celtics beat the Knicks in the last 30 second victory. I think came right down to the wow. stretch. Uh, so they got a victory there, big dog, but, uh, pretty good. Pretty good first weekend of the NBA playoffs. I think it's going to be fun to watch down the stretch. Yeah, I didn't see the, the, the Celtics or the Knicks game. Mm-hmm. Or the Celtics next game, not more the next. I have to admit, I watched very little basketball myself. Oh, Orlando Magic. Orlando Magic got 46 points and 19 rebounds from Dwight Howard and still found a way to get beaten by the Atlanta Hawks. Big dog. How about that, Mel Allen would say? Atlanta's pretty good, guys. They're pretty good. So I would, uh, I, I really would rather face Orlando than, than, uh, face Atlanta, but we'll see. Mm-hmm. That's, I think that's going seven games. Coach. That's a very selfish viewpoint, though, Big Dell. We're talking, you know, breaking down the NBA playoffs. And you are selfishly putting your desire for one team to win over the other team ahead of your observation of the games. How is that? I can still watch and tell whether a team played well or not while I'm rooting for one team. Ah, so you're basing everything on who you'd like your Chicago Bulls to play. Absolutely. I find that... Uh, I would I find much rather that, play the Heat than the Celtics. I find that a bit of a personal affront or a rather selfish sports attitude to take. <laughs> I, 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 we need to be all a little bit more selfish, Coach. <laughs> this is one of these times I'm glad you're not in the studio with me. Oh, no, you you really do not want to be in the studio near me right at this Uh-oh. moment, Coach. Not burritos again. No, it was... Uh, uh, Claudia made these turkey cutlets last night and marinated them in, in something that was delicious, but I, it does not smell so good now. Oh, boy. I hesitate to ask and further this discussion. David Olson, our producer right now, waving me off like, uh, no, no, no. He's got the signal up like a coach telling the quarterback not to throw the football. But <laughs> what exactly – it sounds fascinating. I'm not sure I can really envision what exactly is. And I asked this question on behalf of our best – Two guys in a mic audience. What is a turkey cutlet? Imagine, uh, <laughs> imagine something out of a turkey breast that looks exactly like a pork chop. Okay, like yeah, it's, it's a turkey cutlet. Oh, that sounds del- a center cut. That was dead. It's thick. It's really, really big, and the oh, way that's... the way Cloudy makes it, it's kind of like reminiscent of a pork chop, except it's not oh, as fatty. Boy, it's really good. And then he also yeah. we, we had sweet potatoes the other night. Let me say, well, I don't know what else. To eat. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think what else the side dish yeah. that we had yesterday. Well, it was all gratin potatoes. Big and fan. As long as they're not too cheesy. Big fan Claudia, of the all gratin. Claudia makes the carrots with a little bit of brown sugar in there. Awfully good. So just a little, uh, just a touch of it. Right. The hint of brown sugar. 
Uh-huh. Brings out the sugars in the in the carrot. Oh my goodness! Right. So, if Cloudy is uh, looking for a new place of residence, possibly uh, to get involved in a new relationship, I might be interested in your roommate, Big Dog. No, nah, no, nah, he's staying here, Coach. All right. I'm just saying, if something happens along the way, keep me in mind. Okay. Keep me I in will. mind. Thank you very much. By the way, speaking of potato, I don't think I've ever met a potato. You can do anything you want to potatoes, Big Dog. I, th- I don't think there's any that I don't like. Scallop it, fry it, bake it, mash it. Mash it. Yeah. They're all good. The all gratin style yeah. is, is phenomenal. Awfully good. Uh, the baked potato. Oh, the best. And then any what anything that you do to if, if, no one has ever told me something that they did to a baked potato that I didn't say, you know, that's that's actually pretty good. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm pretty uh I've done a lot of things with baked potatoes, big dog, that uh I tend to be very liberal with the baked potato. I tend to uh push the envelope a little bit. With the, there may be a few things we may have to talk off air. Well, but there might know, be a few things I've done with the baked potato that you have not tried. See, but the, the, probably because the issue is that like, <laughs> you're a man that's afraid of anything that supposedly is unhealthy to you because you don't realize walking around the block is just as good as you can eat a little sour cream. Nah, that's not true. Get a little exercise. Not, that's not true. Regular sour cream will uh, very high in saturated fat will help to harden those arteries and possibly shorten your lifestyle. Can't agree with you on that. Okay, and uh, what type of saturated fat is in sour cream, Coach? Not not a good kind. It's the medium-chain triglyceride, which is water-soluble, so if you exercise, your body burns that immediately. Ladies and gentlemen, for transcripts of today's show, you can write us here at Mike2Guys at AOL.com. It's the big dog defies 99 out of 100 medical doctors out there. Yeah, yeah, whatever. And, and, and I want all people to realize this, that the <laughs> same people who are giving you diet tips are the same people who sell you the drugs ah, when you're sick. The so, old conspiracy theory. It is, Coach. Don't even get me started. The way they, <laughs> way they tell people to eat is ridiculous. What people need to eat is natural foods, nothing that says diet on it, nothing that says sugar-free or fat-free. They need to look at the ingredients, be able to pronounce mm-hmm. every one of them, and say, all right, maybe I can put this in my body. Mm-hmm. Okay. Otherwise, all that thing is going to get you sick, and the same people who sell you the food in this country are the same people who sell you the drugs. So just just remember that when when you're out there, be like, I want to be healthy all of a sudden, so I want to eat fat-free. No, just eat whole foods. I'm not uh, talking about the actual grocery store, which would be fine, by the way, uh-huh. but okay. eat whole foods, Coach. So Good don't advice. be so afraid of dairy. It's not as bad as you might think, and I do know that you have cholesterol issues. So. Yes, I do. Now, the, it's more, the, I, actually, it my cholesterol is fine. I've developed cholesterol paranoia. Okay, it's, there you go. It's almost unfounded uh, unfounded fear. I've even gone to the point now, my kids have called me on America where I will order pizza. It's actually delicious. But I order my pizza thin crust, no cheese. See, that's crazy. No cheese with the tomato sauce, some veggies, a little chicken on top. Delicious. But why do you say that's crazy? I, I, isn't the because, cheese? Because you, you're just another person that just assumes that the fat and cheese is bad yes. for you. If you exercise, it's not bad for you at all. Look how many French people, all they do is eat cheese. None of them are fat. Hmm. So I've been withholding. I've been suffering all this time for no reason at all. As long as you exercise, Coach. Wow. Which I do. Don't worry. Don't worry about dairy fat as long as you are someone who exercises. Interesting. I need to get that confirmed. Don't go overboard on it because there is cholesterol in it. So don't go overboard. But Mm -hmm. you know, uh, don't. That's it's. That's one of like the fallacies. Like a lot of people who, oh, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm going to be healthy. I'm going to drink diet coke. Do you realize what diet coke is? What aspartame kills people. You know. So I I always find that funny, Coach. Mm -hmm. Like Subway, in order to sell more of their Uh of their. 
what do you call it? They're like they're oh of their packages tells you don't put olive oil on their that's ridiculous. Olive oil is a fat that everybody needs to eat in order so they do lose weight. Mm-hmm. But it increases and the fat content on the on the sub, so they tell you don't put it on there. That's that's the good fat. It's that, you're exactly right, Coach. But they they know that America is so dumb marketing wise uh-huh. that they tell you not to put the the olive oil on their on their sandwiches because it increases the fat, and they want to be like, there's no fat in here. Mm-hmm. They 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 know that America is too dumb to say, hey, you know what? There's actually some fats that if you eat them, it'll help you burn fat and lose weight and be healthy. Mm-hmm. But but uh, let's face it, at least two-thirds of America, if you ask them the benefits of olive oil, they would say, oh, I wouldn't want to eat that because it's, it's, there's a lot of fat in it, so it'll make me fat. And it's you like, talked about the beauty before of, of olive oil, too, is you, you know, a little spoonful a day will help um, wash out the system. If you had a, a bad turkey cutlet over the weekend, you get a little olive oil, it'll flush you out a little bit, make you feel better. It, it definitely will, Coach. It definitely will. And and. What happens is when your body is taking in good fats like yeah. that, you're, it'll start burning that fat, and then mm-hmm. all of a sudden your body is now in fat-burning mode. So if you do any exercise, your body will burn fat. David Olson, this could be the start of another show here on the TalkZone.com. You know, Big Dog will be really proud of me because a couple of weeks ago I stopped using salad dressing, and all I use is olive oil now. Throw a little vinegar in with it. Yeah. Mix that up. Oh, yep. it's delicious. Yep. I would highly recommend, by the way, the Paul Newman. Paul Newman, uh... Vinegar and olive oil. Delicious. Yeah, you caught it all the time. It's really good. Mm-hmm. Really, really good. By the way, Potato Pete from Pinckneyville. Please uh, emailing in at Mike2GuysAOL.com. Getting back to the baked potato discussion. Scintillating early discussion here as we break from uh, the sports to talk food. Ask the big dog if he eats the skin oh, of the yeah. potato. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm a big fan, too. Now, do you, do you eat the skin with the potato or, or afterwards? No, I, it, it all depends on how it ends up breaking down, but normally just right with it. Like, I don't, like, I don't gut it. Okay. Sometimes, though, with when, like, I throw chili on top of the potato. If yeah. I, I put way too much chili on it, and I, yeah. I won't be able to get every bite. So I will gut it then and mm-hmm. then take all the chili that was remaining, throw it back into the oh. skin, and then pick the skin up and eat it kind Woo! of like the... Wow potato chili wrap excellent excellent that, that's what i do and I, I typically will gut the baked potato absolutely and if there's ingredients yeah you just whatever whatever is kind of left over you, you shovel stuff in there. in there you make it you got yourself a wrap i've even put uh, ketchup a little odd combination but it's not bad ketchup inside the potato skin Snarf uh, yeah, it down. i'm not really a big fan of ketchup oh i love ketchup i'm not really a big fan i'm lucky that way i guess yeah all right, now for the food talk, 888-463-6748, first day of Passover, tax day. Hope everybody out there had a great weekend talking sports and more. Big Dog and the Coach will be with you all week with more, with more food talk, and God forbid we actually get into some sports talk as well. Big Dog, your beloved Chicago Cubs over the weekend lose two out of three to a very good Colorado Rocky team. Your comments on that, and then we got to get to the White Sox getting swept at home, ouch, by Anaheim. But first, uh... Not a great weekend for the Cub, but your two young stars continue to shine. Uh, Coach, you know, everybody loves Darwin Castro. You know I love Darwin Barney. I was just hoping he could hit because he's such a a phenomenal glove man. He's been shining so far. So, you know, I I don't expect him to hit at the pace that he is right now, like for his whole career. But it it would be good if this guy is going to be like a 285, 10 homer and great situational contact, you know, hitter. Uh, This guy could end up being – the perfect second baseman for the Cubs for the next 10 years, Coach. Yeah. I, 
I was going to say that that's the, you know, even though there's seven and eight, I'm fairly optimistic on the Cubs right now. And yeah. primarily because we've got a young second base shortstop combo similar to Oklahoma City with Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant. They're not uh-huh. just good, but they play the game with a flair. They complement each other. I'm excited about watching both those guys, both in the field and at bat, equally electrifying. Yeah, absolutely, coach. It, it, it's, it's, in order to, to win the World Series, you normally have to have a, a youthful and good uh, double play combination. Mm-hmm. This tends to be a a trend uh, of World Series winners. So hopefully they can build a team around them, and these guys can continue just to be good, solid baseball players doing things electrifying, and who knows what can happen to the Cubs mm-hmm. in the future. But you, you're absolutely right. There's a different there, – there's been other years where – a seven and eight Cub team, and I'm just like, well, I can't wait to go to the ballpark, you know. And that's what I'm thinking about as a Cub fan. But now, I realize they're not as good as the Reds, but I see a plan and I see a team that you can get behind. And maybe over the next couple of years, this team can end up doing something extremely special. Mm-hmm. San Diego in town to visit the Cubs. I'm going to, uh, well, can we assume tonight's? I guess it's still, I mean, it's snowing here in Chicago. Thank you very much. Uh, but there's a chance tonight's game will be played, Weathercaster Joel Redwanski? Uh, uh, I thought the, the series started tomorrow. There's a game tonight? Okay. I think so. I didn't realize could it was. Be, I could be wrong. Okay. You know what? I didn't look at WCIU. I looked at all the other channels. I hate to tell you that's why I figured out if there's a game. Yeah, there's a game tonight. It is. And it's on WCIU. Mm-hmm. What uh, percentage-wise, Weathercaster Joel Skilling Redwanski, what percentage would you say the uh, game will be played tonight? Um. The Cubs probably will pull the plug real early, considering that they'll be going up against a Chicago Bulls playoff game at the time. So ah. if there was ever a game that a team was going to pull the plug on, it'll be tonight. Interesting. And is why that, not? I would rather have the. I don't want the Cubs playing tonight. I'm watching the Bulls game tonight. Is that decision? You're right. TV ratings will be down. Good point. Conspiracy theory once again. Does the Major League Baseball have a little bit of say in canceling the game, or is it strictly the home team's decision? Okay, here's here's how it works, Tony. Oh. This is not or, as confusing as the triglycerides, is no, it? No, it's, it's really simple, especially okay. if you listen when I'm saying it to you. <laughs> the, the first rain delay, or weather delay, excuse me, is determined by the home team, okay? Whether to, whether to play again or not, or call the game, mm-hmm. okay? The second one is in the hands of the umpires. So, it, first time it's the... It's the team. Second time, it's I guess Major League Baseball. So the umpires will do whatever Major League Baseball told them to do. Seems a little odd to me that Major League Baseball has no say in it. So if a home team has a pitching shortage, let's just say, or a player injured, you know, key player injured who might need a day's rest, and there's an in-between decision. This would be particularly true of a pitching situation where you ran out of pitchers, and the weather's in the in-between. The home team could say, "Hey, advantage us. Let's call the game today." Yeah, you know, I, I, well, I guess maybe it isn't going to be that simple when I explain this to you. The first weather delay, you have to wait at least two hours. Okay, so well, during no. that two hours, if it clears up, the home team can't honestly say, "Well, we're canceling the game." So yeah, but, that's how I guess that's the that's the how they. Solve no, that but issue. but there are some games that are called, you know, a night game that's you know one o'clock, two o'clock, three o'clock in the afternoon. Tonight's game is canceled. Right. Yeah, they do that. I. Um, I that's got to be something that they they do all together, like major league okay. baseball. I'm talking okay. about like when the when the when you're at the game, okay. you know, and you're wondering how gotcha. this is going on. That's how they determine it, coach. But okay. I, I guess I have no idea how they do the 
because you're right. There's you'll see stuff like at ten o'clock in the morning. Tonight's game's been canceled, but that's usually and normally when that happens, it's probably mm-hmm. Major League Baseball because like you'll see the Philadelphia game, the Boston game, and the New York games and Baltimore all canceled on the same night because mm-hmm. there's like a nor'easter or whatever the heck they call it. So yeah. okay. All right, now that we got that cleared up, you got about uh, 45 seconds, Big Bill, to talk about Anaheim coming into Chicago, taking on the White Sox, sweeping the Sox, the great hitting. You know, over the course of the year, you're going to have ups and downs, but the White Sox went silent with the bats, which is supposed to be their strength. Well, I don't care what their strength is. If you're batting against Jared Weaver and Danny Heron, I mean, he can go through the 31 A's lineup and they blow them away. I mean, it's those guys are pitching phenomenal right now in the in the in a three game series. The the side's got two of the best five in their rotation, and uh, right now the Angels, Heron and Weaver, so far I know it's only ten percent of the season done, but it doesn't look like they're slowing down whatsoever because they those guys already have uh, seven wins between them. Um, but they're they're the best one two punch in baseball, coach. Tell us a little bit about this young shortstop, Macias Storis. Have you heard of him before? Yeah, he's been around a, a couple of years, Coach. It's Macier, isn't it? Yeah, Macier is tourist. He's 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 a really good defensive player, and he's you know one of those quick, slap at the ball uh, type players. He's, okay, I mean he's he's pretty good. He's your 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 solid, fundamentally sound shortstop that you'd expect a uh, Mike Sosha team to have. He coach. had a great great series. Any relation to ex Cub, ex Dodger, and ex just about everybody else? Cesar Astoris. I've tried to figure that out, Coach, but yes. supposedly no, they're not answering my phone calls. Cesar oh. <laughs> isn't. Maybe you picked up the wrong number. Did you look up Ishtoris in the phone book? You might have. You might have be calling the wrong Ishtoris. I probably shouldn't have called him on tax day either. I think he was yep. a little leery. Yep. Didn't he, he probably thought I was IRS? <laughs> I said Redwanski. All right, we got to get out of here, Big Dog. We will talk to you tomorrow. Good luck with getting those taxes in, folks. Big Dog and the Coach back at you tomorrow at. 10 o'clock. Joe will be good. Don't get in any trouble, okay? I won't. He already hung up on me. Eight, uh, I almost threw out the phone number out there. David Olson, producer, thank you so much. TalkZone.com, two guys at a mic signing off. Have a great day out there, everybody. See you at 10 o'clock tomorrow.